Open your Bibles, if you would, 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. And verse number 1. Let's stand, if you would, as we read the Word of God this evening. Behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto the Bethel. Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. It's interesting, God knows who's going to be the leader of a country before they're even born. Amen. And God knew that uh, Donald Trump would win the election, but Joe Biden would take it before this world ever began. By name, and upon there shall be an offer of the priests of the high places that burn incense upon, the, upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, Thus is the sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass when the king Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar of in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. And the altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now uh, the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me, and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. The man of God said unto the king, If thou would give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. And his sons came and told him the works of the man of God had done that day in Bethel, and the words which he had spoken to the king. And they told also to their father, and uh, their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen the way that the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. Lord, we ask you that you speak to us now through the word of God. And God, help us to do that which is pleasing to our God. Help us, Lord, to know why we work for God and what our goals should be. And God, we ask you that you'd bless again this great church that you've blessed so many times through the years. And speak to us now and help us to obey the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Uh, the stories of the Old Testament are written to us for examples. Uh, Jesus, as his ministry uh, continued, would use parables and illustrations, and then later give the doctrine uh, in, in teaching to his disciples. An illustration Charles Spurgeon, Spurgeon said, 
is the window through which we see the truth of the, of the sermon. Uh, God, I believe, gave us the stories of the Old Testament and then the doctrines of the New Testament. And these illustrations in the Old Testament help us to understand the doctrine of the New Testament. In this story, we see a wicked, idolatrous king who had left the house of God and built and placed his own altar. If you can bring the uh, altar up, uh, please, if you would. He had uh, invented his own religion. Uh, look, if you would, to the book of Mark, please. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Jesus is teaching against the wickedness of inventing your own religion. Jesus says in Mark chapter 7, verse 6, He answered and said, And well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How about it, howbeit in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as in washing of pots and of cups and many other such things. Uh, Jesus said men would, would depart from the doctrine, from the word of God, in order to have their own religion. We see that in Catholicism in Mexico uh, and idolatry. And, and what's interesting, uh, we see Jeroboam standing by his altar. Standing by his altar. How often people will stand by a religion that they themselves have invented, a religion that they themselves had made, they'll stand by that when, when children of God will abandon the Bible and the doctrine of the Word of God and yield to those who are standing by a religion that they themselves invented. If you look back at the text, you see in chapter 12 of 1 Kings, the reason that Jeroboam had made this altar, Jeroboam in verse 26 of chapter 12 said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. For this people go up to sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then shall the heart of this people turn again to the Lord, even unto Rehoboam, the king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, the king of Judah. Uh, whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves, much like Aaron, uh, of gold, and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. He sent one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Uh, we see that he, he, he invented this altar, he built this altar, this and another one, and another, uh, another tribe, and he put that altar there because he was fearful that the people would abandon him, that he, they would leave him. Uh, today we see many people inventing a new religion, uh, a contemporary type of Christianity. And pastors tell me, well, I'm, I'm just afraid that I'm going to lose the people. The people are going to go into the world. One pastor said, uh, what we're doing is bringing the world into the church because we're scared that the people are going to go out into the world. You'd be better off letting them go into the world than bringing the world into the church. 
He had invented this religion because he was fearful the people would go back to the house of God that David and Solomon had built. I think we've lost our way as Christians. I think we've forgotten why we built the house of God. In the Old Testament, the temple, first the tabernacle and then the temple, was the house of God. In the New Testament, Paul says that the church is the house of God. I think we've forgotten why we built the house of God in the first place. In 1 Chronicles, we see in chapter 22, if you would, 1 Chronicles chapter 22, David is now, because of his gratitude to God, because of his love for God, he wants to build the house of God. God told him he couldn't do it. God told him he had shed too much blood. God said that he would permit his son Solomon to to build the house of God. But nonetheless, David begins to make preparations. He gathers the gold. He gathers the the materials for the house of God. He puts the singers and the instruments to be used in the house of God. He puts it all in order. He organizes everything. He makes plans. He gathers the materials. He sets it all up. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, in verse 5, David said to Solomon, My son is young and tender. The house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent, of fame, of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. David said this must be exceeding. Magnifical. This must be a great house. I remember when I was a young man uh, here at First Baptist and here at Hiles Anderson College. I, I remember our desire was to build great works for God, to do something great for God. Why? Because we were grateful God was doing something great for us. You see, as you read the Bible in the book of Chronicles, God had, had told David and prophesied to David what God was going to do for him. Someday, I believe, not very long from now, first the rapture's going to come. I believe much of what has been going on with this COVID is God preparing this world because this world's about to end. Now they want people to, to, uh, uh, to obey when the government says, put on a mask. Obey us, obey us, obey us. Someday very soon it's going to be put the mark on your, on your right hand. Put the mark on your forehead. Obey us, obey us, obey us. I believe this is all a preparation for what's about to happen. Nobody knows exactly when the Lord is coming back, but I would, not, I would not be surprised if it's very soon. In fact, I would be surprised if it isn't very soon. And we're going to go up into heaven for seven years, three and a half years of tribulation, three and a half years of great tribulation. And after that, Jesus is going to come back. We're going to come back with him, defeat the Antichrist, defeat Satan. And then he's going to set up his throne there in Jerusalem. By the way, that's what's happening today. That's why uh, uh, so many hate the Jewish people and hate 
Israel because Israel gave us our Bible. Israel gave us our Savior. And someday Jesus is going to set up his throne in Israel, but after he places his throne, he's going to put another throne for David who will be resurrected. And the princes of David. And David, you'll see with your own eyes, not very long from now, sitting on a throne next to Jesus Christ. We see this because David had heard how God would build his house. David wanted to build the house of God out of gratitude, out of love for God. And he said, God has done such great things for me. I want to do something great for him. Look at the book of John, if you would. I know you know these verses. Problems with problem with most Christians, they know a lot of, of Bible, but they do very little of it. John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Whither I go, you know the way you know. Jesus is preparing us a mansion. Jesus has given to us eternal life. We as Christians, the reason we as fundamental Baptists serve God, we believe in security of salvation, the reason we serve God is out of gratitude, out of love. The reason we want to build God's house, because build, God's building us a great house. The reason we want it to be great for God is because God has been great to us. David had a love for God burning in his heart and a desire to build, and now Jeroboam is changing and altering what God had established. Look at the book of Galatians, if you would. Chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. And Paul says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say now again, by the way, Bible preaching, there's a great deal of repetition in Bible preaching. If any man preach any other gospel to you, then that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? Why yet please men, I should not be the servant of God. We have a generation of preachers today that are seeking to please men. Jeroboam had decided to, to build an altar that would please men and uh, make men happy where he could burn incense, where you didn't have to go so far. Says too too much on you to go up to Jerusalem. That's a long ways away. Listen, here I'm going to put a altar. I'm going to put a a religion for you that's right close to you. You know, man's religion always seeks to make man comfortable. Man's religion likes to make everything easy on him. Whoever told you serving God was supposed to be easy? Whoever told you that serving God didn't require sacrifice? Whoever did that, they sold you a wooden nickel. 
But man's religion seeks to please men. Man's religion wants to make man happy. Paul says, listen, if anyone tries to change the gospel, let him be accursed. That word accursed, a Greek scholar, I studied one of the greatest Greek scholars, I believe, in the world, said that word of cursed literally means let him go to hell and let him go quickly. Let him be damned and let him be damned as quickly as possible. Jeroboam was now changing and altering what God had built. Look back at the text, if you would. We see the men of God rebuking the king. Rebuking the king. The king stretches forth his, his arm against the men of God. His arm dries up. Could not even bring it back to himself again. Every time I think of that story, I remember my, my pastor, Wesley Clark, in, in uh, California, used to teach us young people, when you, when you pray, you need to be specific. He talked about a man that went to the temple with a withered hand, and he went into the temple and, and asked God, Oh God, please make my arm like the other one. Make my arm like the other one. He left the temple like this. has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm preaching, but I always remember that story every time I remember this. Jeroboam says to the man of God, Hey God, let, let, seek the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God. God would have been his God if he'd wanted it. But no, he says, Lord thy God. Seek him. Seek his face for me. If it meant me, I'd say, God, dry up the other arm too. But he prays for him. It's funny, folks, when things go bad, they always know who knows God and who doesn't really know God. Why didn't he ask his priest to pray for him? Why didn't he ask the priest that he himself had, had, had established, pray for me? He knew that they had no power. Man knows one of the reasons they're so angry at us is because they know their false religion has no power. All over Mexico, they, the Catholic churches shut down and, and uh, priests said, we will not hold Mass anymore. If Mass was really going to save a person's soul, you think they'd have continued to do the sacraments. They know their religion is false. They know it's man-made. We divided the church up into 360 uh, uh, different churches uh, all over Mexico City. We, we sent the people out since the church was closed to preach the gospel in fields and empty lots. We sent uh, uh, our people into South America and Central America, to Bolivia and Ecuador, any country that would open the door. Uh, we rushed in to preach the gospel during the pandemic. I received a report just today. Uh, just this year, we've seen over 1,500,000 people receive Christ as Savior in preaching services. This year, this year alone, over 25,000 people baptized just this year alone so far. My friend, the power of God is still in the Word of God. God's still in the soul-saving business. But he didn't trust his own religion when it came down to it. If you read the text, you notice that a true man of God rebukes 
And the wise man loves the person that rebukes him. Look at 2 Timothy, please, chapter 4. 2 Timothy, chapter 4. I charge thee, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Don't change. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, always wanting something different, always wanting some new type of music, always wanting something more contemporary, something easier, itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fable. But thou watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. God tells Timothy in the inspired word of God, he says, just preach the word. Preach the word. God, God after the pandemic, we, they were allowed to come back into the buildings. We have buildings now for 12,400 people. But we have to do Sunday a service, Sunday B service, and now we have to do a, 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 a Wednesday night service and a Thursday night service. We've had to divide the church up. We're holding now eight services a week. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. The problem is we're not preaching it the way we should be. We're not winning souls like we should. We're not knocking on doors the way we should. We need to get out. And preach the word of God. The word of God is powerful. That's why the devil hates the house of God. Because the devil and the devil's servants know if people come to the house of God, their hearts will be turned. They'll know God. They'll follow the truth. That's what Jeroboam feared. He knew that there would be Bible teaching. He knew that there would be Bible preaching in the house of God, the house that David had, 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 uh, had built, the house that Solomon had built, that people would come to know again the true God, and he'd lose his power. The men of this earth, they seek power. They seek power. They want to take God off his throne so they can sit on it. That's nothing new. The devil, that's what the devil wanted from the first day to take the throne of God. That's what his servants want. That's why we need to preach the word of God and preach the truth of the word of God. Put God on his throne where he deserves to be. Note very quickly in the story, in verse 11, there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. His sons came and told him the works that the man of God had done. They told him, uh, how that uh, how that the altar had been rent in two. I don't know if God sent an angel. We don't have an angel here. We have a demon. Uh, I don't know if God, by miraculous, through the power of God, broke the altar. I don't know what God did. But there before everyone, the altar was broken. The ashes poured out. Jeroboam saw his false religion fall before his face. 
He was angry, but he couldn't stand against the power of the word of God. Now there was fear. This old prophet heard about that. It impressed him. He wanted to have fellowship with the young preacher. He wanted to have fellowship with the man of God who had preached the word of God. But God had commanded him to, to not eat bread, to not drink water, to eat nothing, drink nothing. Not even go back the way he had come. But to leave that idolatrous land. He was obeying the word of God. But he didn't obey it with the fervor and the zeal perhaps that he should have. We see in verse 14, he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that came from Judah? And he said, I am. And he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I might not return with thee, nor go with thee, neither shall I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said unto me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread and drink no water there, nor turn again, nor go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord. Remember what Paul said, it doesn't matter if an angel comes and preaches another gospel. Don't you listen to it. Don't listen to the gospel of the Protestants. I'm not a Protestant, I'm a Baptist. Don't listen to the gospel of the Pentecostals that say you have to do good works. By the way, the reason a lot of Baptists have dropped the name Baptist, have brought in contemporary music and contemporary Christianity, is they're trying to fill their churches with a bunch of charismatics and Pentecostals. An angel spoke to me, bring him back with thee into thine house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. I don't know why, but he was desperate. Perhaps it had been many years since God had spoken through him. Many years since God had used him. Now he was desperate to have fellowship. And by the way, God's, God, God's men, there'll be, there'll be wicked men that want to have fellowship with God's men and God's people. It's not of God, it's of the devil. But God will let them come to you and have, want to have fellowship with you because he's testing you. He told them the message of God had changed. Listen to me, folks. The message of God doesn't change. The Lord God does not change. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't need a new Bible. We don't need new music. We don't need new type of preaching. We don't need new methodology. We need to stick to the old paths. Wherein is the good way? Oh, but we're going to lose our people. Folks, if you lose them, good riddance. You don't need them. Preach the word of God. But I'm sure he was hungry. 
He let his stomach do his thinking for him. He said, all right, well, the word of God has changed. The message has changed. He went back. He sat down. And he ate with them. While they're eating, the last thing I want you to know is why they're eating. He went back, and a lot of Christians have gone back. I'm afraid after this COVID, a lot of Christians have gone back. It came to pass as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and, and hast not kept his commandment, which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in this place which the Lord did say unto thee, Eat no bread, drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come into the sepulcher of thy fathers. I want you to notice something. Note verse 23. It came to pass after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet that he had brought back. It seems the old prophet really cared for this man. Now they were sitting at the table. They were eating. Uh, come over here. Let's have a meal. They were sitting at the table, they were eating, can you put a chair here in the middle? Do we have an extra chair? Let's put that for the table. Sit, sit over there if you would. Okay, no, stand on your head, no, uh, no, sit down. They're sitting there at the table they're eating, they're having a meal. And all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, the word of God came to the old prophet. Probably been a long time since God had spoken through him. But he stands up while they're having the meal and rebukes. By the way, 90% of Bible preaching is rebuke. He rebukes the prophet for having disobeyed the word of God and coming back with them. That's the way worldly preachers are. They'll turn on you in a minute. Just like they turn their back on God. He rebukes him. Says, because you've come back and eaten bread and drunken in the place I told you not to, you'll never reach the sepulcher of your, of your fathers. By the way, that was a big deal for, for Jews in those days to be buried with their family. That, that meant a lot to them. Here's the amazing thing. Sits back down, and they keep eating. And they finish the meal. You know, if you look in your Bible, God sent a man of God to rebuke Ahab. Never was a wickeder king than Ahab and Jezebel. And when Ahab heard the message, he rent his clothes, put on sackcloth, and repented. And God told the man of God, because he's done that, the evil won't come in his days, it'll come in his children's days. I see Christians today in churches hear the word of God, and the invitation comes, and they sit in their pew. And all they can think about 
I hope things are over quickly. Maybe if nobody goes to the aisle, maybe if nobody gets saved today, maybe if we don't have any baptisms today, maybe we'll get out early and I'll be able to eat quicker. When the Word of God speaks to your heart, you need to be on your knees. You need to be asking God for mercy. You need to be thinking about your relationship with God instead of filling your belly. He stood up, saddled the ass, went his way, and I'm sure as you know the story, there was a lion waiting for him. My friend Peter says there's a lion out these doors waiting for you. Waiting to destroy you, destroy your marriage, destroy your testimony, destroy your family. And the only one that can protect you from that lion is God. But God's waiting to see how you react to the Word of God. It's been a long time for some of you to come to the altar. It's been a long time for some of you to come and kneel and ask God to change things, to make you a better Christian. Might be a good idea to do it tonight. Lord, we ask you that you'd bless your word. Help us, Lord, to learn from the story of the, of the servant of God that we might not fall, God, in the same error. In Jesus' name, amen.